0: Go. Hi, and welcome back to the Cozy Coffin Company's podcast, my second podcast. This is not scripted in any way. I'm going to have an informal chat with my friend Nikki today about grief and her. Take on grief because you know about grief, right Nick. I do. do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you <laughs> part much. of a club that no one wants to join? That's me, yes, 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 yes,
1: I'm with Jan and I'm one of the widowed and young, the one of the way
0: widowed, and we met in camping, our love of camping. camping. And I do you know, just to give you a little bit of backstory today, I am currently in Bakewell, which is in the Derbyshire Dales. Dales and I've come here to meet with two of my crazy cousins that I adore camping with and their five dogs I've brought my cat with me Nikki doesn't live too far so she's come for a day trip and we've just had a really nice walk but I'm also here with Kim and with Louise I'd love them to feature on an episode of this podcast but they're both a little bit shy so that's okay Nikki isn't so <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself please Nick Oh, yeah. Nikki Spaniels, let me just say, we call Nikki Nikki Spaniels because she has two spaniels, so that's stuck really, hasn't it? It has, it has.
1: Yeah, I'm Nikki and I have been widowed for six years, and I um, lost my lovely husband Ian at the age he was 44. He had um, cancer of the neck. Uh, soft tissue cancer, quite a rare one. But then, if he was going to have cancer, it would have to be rare because that was him. He was it All over because he was rare, a rare being in himself. Yeah. So I am. I'm now. I was 45 when I was widowed. I am 52 now. So yeah. So I've survived it. I'm still surviving. Surviving. I have survived good word. it. I yeah, am yeah, surviving yeah. grief because it is one of those things that is an ongoing. Um. I was. I wasn't a stranger to grief. I lost my father when I was quite young, but it was in a different way. He was poorly, he had early onset Alzheimer's, and he took a long time being poorly. And then he moved out of house to be in home, and then
0: he died. And it was, it was that's hard. awful in itself. My dad died in the year 2000, so I know about your parents.
1: But
0: yes, kind of expected to maybe not at a young age, no, but but it's it's the right
1: order, correct? It's the right order. Whereas, um, my husband, who was a fit and healthy, um, and he. He loved loved walking, same as I did. Yeah, he liked to drink, but No more than anybody I drink to that Nick. No more than any of us do. And yeah,
0: then so it was all a bit of a shock really when he was diagnosed and what, how long was the time period from Ian being diagnosed yeah. and then to him actually passing away? He was diagnosed in the June.
1: 2013 Mm. although he had been ill for probably 18 months before that but it was just difficulty swallowing which the doctors he was investigated and they put it down to stress because they'd put cameras down his throat but because the cancer was on the outside of his esophagus it wasn't a esophageal cancer it was on the outside in a soft tissue it wasn't detected so that in itself was quite hard to kind of come to terms with because he. A yeah, hard had, pill to swallow? Yes, because it
0: was quite <laughs> hard Sorry. to swallow. God, I actually did <laughs> That one. But I'm going to take that. I'm going yeah, to take yeah. That as a a good one. Bum exactly. Bum.
1: Well done,
0: it was. Yeah. <laughs> and that was part of it. He found it very hard, very difficult to swallow. So <laughs> <laughs> and let me just explain um, while we're sat here and we are giggling. Was this matter about our grief, or grief in general, and how society treats us, one thing we do know about being friends now, and we have been for the last year, is it's okay to laugh, right, yeah, Nick? Of course. You know, we're broken. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, you know, you're talking about your husband's died, did, has he not come home yet? Exactly. And this is one of the things I was going to say, <laughs> is that as you go on down the line
1: from, I say it's been six years for me... um. The, I, mean, I just want to talk a bit about sort of the later on type, how you cope with grief, because to start with, everybody's shock. there. This and you've is got the, you're, you're
0: in shock. Like, yeah. yeah. I tremored for about a year, I think.
1: People I that loved him, he, we had a really big circle of friends, they were in shock too, and they were there, and, and, and I had a guy that was a friend of mine that said, Nikki, you know, we all here, we will all care for you, we all love you, we're always going to be there. But he did say, which was quite... Kind of useful, although I felt a bit harsh at the time. He said, but the only person that's going to get you through this is you. Mm. We're all going to be here for you. That's really honest, though. And it was. It's hard
0: to hear because you want somebody to wrap you up and tell you how to grieve. Yeah.
1: How do you you deal with your person dying? I say, I I wasn't a stranger to grief, having lost my father, but it was a completely different thing called...
0: (laughs) Hello again, and sorry about the interruption. I'm not quite sure what's happening here, but I've got a feeling that maybe because I've gone onto this dashboard and the podcast may only give me five minute recording time. So this is going to be a tester. Like I said, I will upload the first one talking to Nikki and hopefully carry on from there. So I think we just got to the point where you're, you know, the grief is different from your dad dying and your lovely husband doing. That's
1: right, it is because you kind of, it's the wrong order isn't it? I mean you, you expect at some point you're going to bury your parents I, I suppose at some point you, you're you either going to bury your husband or your husband's going to bury you, but not at the age of 44. So it wasn't, there was there was no way I was prepared for the kind of grief. You don't know, even though you might play it through in your mind And yes. sometimes if you did Many of us did. That yeah. what would happen if you didn't come home and how would I cope? But even when I knew he was terminated ill because we'd had this cancer diagnosis. That we were told it was incurable, but it was treatable. So we kind of thought, hopefully, it'd be we able to treatable in a long term. So you always had hope. We always had hope, Good. and actually, right up until he died, we had hope because he was due chemo on that Monday morning. um He was diagnosed in the June. He went back into hospital in January because there was a few complications. He wasn't feeling great, but he was due chemo anyway on the Monday. And um, then a catastrophic bleed occurred and he died quite suddenly. So it was a shock and I was in shock for about a year. And then the second year, that had its sort of worst moments, I
0: think, because I think you start to emerge from a fog you do emerge fog. from a fog, yeah, because mm. that's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. And like you said about friends, you know, you get this mm. fantastic support initially, but then after that first year, people go, you, You've done the first year. You're so strong. <laughs> you're so well strong. done, Nikki. Look at you're doing this really well.
1: Yeah. You're yeah. rocking widowhood. Yes, absolutely. And, the, and, you don't. You're not feeling strong no. at all. I kind of, I didn't mind the people saying that. I know I a lot do. of people don't like it, but I kind of thought, if only you knew me, like, sobbing in a heap on the back of the Because nobody floor. sees that. No.
0: Nobody sees that no. when you wake up in the morning and you can't get out of bed, or you don't no. get out of bed, and you don't tell anybody. No. Because okay. it's just you your don't grief. See it. Yeah. So, no,
1: so I think for the first year, the second year, I found really hard as you emerge from the fog because you don't like what's ahead of you. You're still not sure that you're ever going to be happy again. And how can you be because your lovely husband's not there? And like we were saying, the biggest thing is he's still dead. You're joking. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't, he didn't come home. He
0: didn't. I, you know. We say this every camping trip, right? Like, You know, did did Terry come home yet? No, still fucking dead. How very dare they? So just to give you a little insight, like I said, I will try and touch on some dark humour here. And it's dark humour that probably only the bereaved as widowed and young would know, so yeah, we 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 make each other okay. It's okay to laugh, right? It is okay to laugh
1: and to start. That's what with, I find inspiring from you, lot. Absolutely. And to start with, you there is a lot of guilt about it. I know I had a really good evening a few weeks after Ian died, and I invited people round, and there was laughter and there was tears, and yeah. but we actually, I really enjoyed the evening. It was just nice to be with everybody. They all went home, and I was in pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I've done because.
1: It. How could I have just no. sat there and laughed? Yeah. But now, When your husband was still, still dead. dead. Absolutely. And you just, you do, you do feel really sort of there's that guilt. And I think that it's things like that that come easier with time because you learn that now it's absolutely fine to laugh mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you want to honour their life in the best way possible. Correct. And the best way I can honour Ian's life, Redders, as his nickname was, is to laugh, because that's what he did all the time. And that's so what did we Howie. did. So did Harry.
0: That's what we did. Which so... is why we make a good
1: team, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because, but, it's, but at the same time, it's the thing that I miss the most. Because now I live on my own. So, I don't laugh every day. In fact, sometimes I don't speak
0: to people for seven, eight, you nine need to days. Pick up, you need to pick up the phone more often, I do. my love. Because I do. I'm on the end of the phone. You do know that. <laughs> and now I'm being one of those people that I can't stand that says, let me know when you need me. <laughs> well, how the fuck do I know that? Yeah. You know, but it's true. It is, I, true. Yeah. It is true. But if and you nice ever th- you know, you know, you know I'm on the end of the phone. Right? I do. do. I do. do. And it is. But this is the, it's the hard
1: thing. Because yeah. also, as you go further ask down the line, you don't want to ask close friends because of course they think that you're better now because it's been so long so you're better you're over it and I have to be a bit sort of narky sometimes with I had a colleague that once asked me this was only 10 months mind you and said well it's been 10 months now surely you're over it and I just wanted to say I wish I'd had the nerve I wanted to say oh how
0: long? This is th- about to finish again now, so we're going to get okay. five minute clips. I'm going to stop this one okay, and go enough. on to the next. Again, another five minute clip from me and Nikki. Go, Nicky. Uh,
1: okay, no, I was just saying about the, how people's perception of your grief is different. I had a colleague, was the best colleague that i would got, that literally 10 months into my grief, um, I had said something about um, finding it very difficult, and she came back to me and said, that, but it's been 10 months now, Nikki. Surely you have moved on from that situation. And my temptation, and I so wish I'd said it to her, was, and I would say it again now, feeling a bit braver, oh, how long did it take you then to get over the death of your husband? Oh, hang on a minute.
0: Let me guess the answer to that. <laughs> was he sat at home her husband?
1: H- her husband was still alive. Yeah. So do you know what? She hadn't got a fucking clue. Yeah. So, yeah. There are different people that will have different sort of perceptions of it. Correct. And to be fair, I didn't have any perception of it. This is what we're saying, that mm. you don't know. <clears throat> you don't... It is something you're completely unprepared
0: for. I had one one friend, and I will never name any names anyway. You know, people, people know who they are, whatever. And one friend had um, completely dropped by the wayside after about a year, I think. And I cast mm. her as a pretty good friend. But anyway, then... Um, A mutual friend of ours, I think we were having a drink in a pub, had said to me, you know, Jan, you should really ring X. And I'm like, why? And she said, she's had a real health scare. And I was like, oh, my God, did did he die? Did the husband die? And she went, why would you say such a thing? And I was like, so did the health scare come to anything? And they're like, no. And her husband's still there, and yet you think I should call her? Howie still didn't come home, you know. You know, and this, this sounds really sarcastic and kind of even bitchy, but actually, do I need to go and support somebody that had a little health scare when they dropped me a year ago yeah. after the biggest part of my life yeah. had imploded yeah. at the end of the day? So, no, I have I think I've become quite strong, Nicky, in, yeah. in that sense. And I'm kind of like, do you know what? It's not worth it. Move on. Absolutely. Cut ties and move yeah. on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I do think you need to move away from those sort Negativity. of... Negativity. Yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, one of the things I did, actually, I ended up quitting that job that had that colleague within because it was a negative place. And if one thing that grief teaches you (coughs) is that it puts things into perspective. It does, yeah. More so than anything. Mm And that life is too short to be sat sat in a job that you're not
0: happy in. Or being surrounded by people that aren't positive or helping your cause or actually yeah just supporting you so absolutely so
1: it is it is one of those things that you just need to get negative things out of your life yeah. and then the great best thing for me was to find this group
0: yeah i mean i touched on it a little a little bit but we've been we've been camping together now for a year yeah. and tell me a little bit about your life camping before we we, we started the group yeah well me and ian
1: always loved camping um we've got two spaniels hence nicky spaniels i'm just taking them anywhere yeah, she anywhere. hasn't
0: really got spaniel's ears as tits i promise but anyway, <laughs> <come>. <laughs> so i'm slightly worried about the nicky, nicky spaniels
1: It might, people might yeah, yeah, no, no, no. A you've got lovely boobs nick <laughs> oh thank you Something, one part of the body i'm proud of still yeah no we used to go camping a lot and so after ian died one of the first things that hit me was i remember having a, a cry on a friend's shoulder going i'll never enjoy a camping holiday ever again and I really believe that because that was the one thing we looked forward to. And how was I ever going to enjoy it? So I went camping on my own. I thought, I can do this. You and your
0: dogs. Me
1: and my dogs. And you camp. How do you camp? In our tent. We have our blow-up tent, our Van Gogh Airbeam highly recommended because i can put it up myself
0: it only takes me 10 20 minutes
1: yeah she's an expert i
0: can guarantee i'm sat there in my motorhome looking out the window going look here 10 minutes boom she's got the kettle on absolutely so
1: i did and then there was one year um last year i came camping on my
0: own um i went for my birthday which was really sad because actually i remember i I remember it because i think we were talking just before we'd met and Or Maybe you told us that story. Yeah. I'm going on to the next five minutes, give me a second. So, yeah, I think I'd met you just after, after you'd had that, that birthday that's trip, right, yeah. and we had our first camp at Wallingford, yeah. which I didn't actually camp at, but I managed to come a couple of times. Uh, yeah. It was a bit bizarre. yeah, but yeah, yeah, so go on, so, tell us about that birthday. So the
1: reason. birthday camping weekend was came about because it was, um, that it was, I've been widowed five years by that time, and then my friends have. Now, sort of petered away, and they go on holiday on their own, and I no longer because I'm the single person on my own, I'm yeah, the awkward one. So yeah, so yeah. I'm then left out of it. So I decided, well, okay, I'm going to go on my own then. So, in a bit of a sort of bad, sad mood, I took Mm-mm. myself off camping to a very nice site in the Malvens, and um and took my dogs on walks, but without really enjoying. Waking up on my birthday looking out on a bit of a damp, miserable April morning. And I was like, do you know what? This is just not what I want to do. But looking out, I could see this group of friends just opposite my campsite where I was sad, all having breakfast together. And I was so sad because I thought we used to be that. We were that group. And so I came away thinking, quite, feeling quite sorry for myself. But <laughs> by a strange twist of fate, I met these wonderful guys. And do you know what? We First are week... now that group of friends having ago, breakfast. Two weeks yes. ago, that group of friends that I'm now with, we were in that exact. exact campsite on that exact pitch where Mm. those friends were having fun I was there with these guys having fun so I think
0: life uh, has a funny way of taking us down different roads and different routes and the people that you meet along the way I think that goes alongside what we were saying earlier as well I think I think you do with life it is a reason a season or a lifetime when you meet people yeah yeah. and it can be you know you've met them for a reason a season or a lifetime and I think sometimes with what we've all been through and the differences (laughs) in our stories but guess what they're still dead. So we have this in common and we always will have. Yeah. Regardless of where we go and I think that's what will cement us. Yeah. And it already has. And it
1: has because now I do enjoy my camping holidays completely again. They're not the same.
0: No. They're never going to be the same again
1: because he's not here. He's still
0: dead. Oh, how very (laughs) dare he.
1: So they're never going to be the same but they are as good because we laugh the same. Yeah. We share the same things. So I would just think for me, personally now, thinking as a six-year widowed person, I am still grieving. I will grieve for the rest of my life. I know you will. Um, and I will break down in tears any at any point. That any trigger can set me off break down Because... He's still dead because he's not with me. He's not sharing what he should be. No, he, should be he should be 51 years, years old, coming up to his 51st birthday. Yeah. He should still be enjoying yeah. walking. seeing I totally the understand that. And I just and I so cry for always the fact be sad fact that, that he's, yeah, he's, missing, he's out. missing out on things. Me too. But you can carve out a new normal. You
0: can. And we are. We are I doing. Yeah. We are doing. We have our roller coasters, it's right? I mean, last the last time we went on a camping trip... I lost the plot. I, yeah. I had my breakdown. Yeah, I had a yeah. complete emotional yeah. meh, but I'm okay now. Yeah. Because I've gone, and I did it in a space where I felt safe, mm. because you're a widow, so yeah. if I cried a bit, and it was okay, high. because I was embraced, and they were like, it's okay, Jan, because I don't feel like it's okay sometimes when I cry, but I have been. I will also talk about a little bit. Did you go on antidepressants? I did want to touch on this. Okay.
1: I, I didn't go on antidepressants till 15 months in. Okay. And I just lost the plot.
0: Beforehand I, or when you took them? No,
1: beforehand, okay. yeah. And Tell I, me
0: what losing the plot
1: you I, Well, I could not... I didn't want to go out of the house. I didn't want people to come to me. I didn't want to see anybody. I was getting to that point that... Um, I hated my job. I was still in my job as a teacher and I hated it. And I got to the point that I just wanted to curl up under the duvet every day, all day, and nothing would get me out. And in the end, I went back, I went to the doctors and I just was a bawling, sobbing mess at the doctors and went through lots of
0: tissues before I could I was even... that thought, we're going to go on to the next. So you were at the doctors? Yeah.
1: So I have managed to get myself to the doctors. I realised I needed help. Um, and i have been told before that I could have antidepressants, but this is grief. It's have you ever people.
0: had antidepressants before no, Ian died? No, dying. No, okay. no.
1: I was one, I think, in my early 20s This, well. These people need to pull themselves together. Yeah, yeah. They need to get themselves out for a nice walk. That will sort them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice awesome. long
0: hot bath. You'll be fine, be fine darling. Yeah. Stiff upper lip ah, and all that. Absolutely.
1: I yeah. was a bit like that, I have to say. And then it's not till it happens to you. And then you realise there's grief which again is, you're bound to be upset and depressed. It shows the same symptoms as depression. So I wasn't diagnosed them because the same thing is. And it's something that you have going to have to adjust to. But 15 months in, I'd kind of, God, I got myself out I was okay I was going out with friends but then I got to the point that I didn't want to go out with friends I didn't mm-hmm. want people to come to me and I was in I didn't want to go to work and I was in a real sorry mess I went I knew I needed help went yeah. to the doctors cried for probably 15 minutes in the doctors. I couldn't speak I just sat and cried and cried and cried and the doctor she was lovely she just kept passing me the tissues <laughs> yeah, like they do. Yeah. Yeah. and I was God, can we fix this I'm uh, a doctor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any anyway, rate, and I kept saying, I need help. I can remember just taking a gasp and wow. the only words I could say was, I need help. I can't do this. But well done, you've yeah. got for help.
0: Yeah. So I also knew really early days. I've, I've probably been on antidepressants now for the best part of oh, it's 19 months, maybe 15 months. Mm. And at my, my biggest issue, Howard always used to tell me off because I would go to the doctor, I still do. And he would say to me, I know you know what's wrong with you. But can you let the doctor do her job, Jan? You know, you go in there and you tell them what you need. But maybe a doctor could find out. I'm going, but you kid, they get it wrong, Howard. And I know, I need this and that. And, you know, And he's like, please, Jan, for once. And I'm like, so I tried to listen to him in my head after he died. And I've gone in there going, I'm having dark thoughts. I'm not in a good place. And these dark thoughts are getting darker. And I'm not wanting to, to express that to anybody. So I'm coming to the doctor because this is my safe place. And she's looking at me going, OK, Janine. I'm going to ask you some questions. And she went down this thing. She went, "You're clinically depressed." No, my husband died. But if that mirrors clinically depressed, mm. then I am clinically depressed. Mm. But I am grieving. Yeah. So, like I said when I walked in the room, I think you need to give me <laughs> some antidepressants to level out that mood because yeah. I'm not coping. Yes. And I don't yeah. want to do anything stupid. And no. she was like, "Okay." This is where we're at. So, and I've been yeah. on them ever since. And I think yeah. my only disappointment with the NHS, Nikki, is I've been on them um, 19 months in. Yeah, I just get a repeat. Yeah, no one's ever asked me how I am. No, Are you still it's suicidal? Rubbish. Do you have a yeah. little suicide? You know, and you kind of go, yeah. really? So I'm actually. So I'm. I'm I'll, I'll admit now on my podcast, I am two and a half weeks into reducing them. Good, hence last weekend right yeah
1: yeah coming off them, yeah so yeah so So, I was on them and then I was off them and then I was on them and like this it's been a bit of a cycle for sort of the four years since I've been on them which was the first time I was on them um and then i have tried from now yes yes I am because I think there becomes a point I remember going to see the doctor and saying she just reminded me they are not a cure
0: they're just masking they are masking the effects of and me. maybe yeah, I realise that maybe
1: counselling would help. Because I did not. Did you take, have any no, counselling? Nothing no, at all. No, nothing. Wow. Okay. I think because I didn't want it because it was so soon it was offered to me and I was okay. like, there's nothing anybody can say. I the went only- cruise
0: straight away, going, are you going to fix my head? How, how no. am I going to live? And they're like, well, I can't tell you that. But I'm like, so it, the counselling did help me. Yeah. And I probably do need some more mm. going forward, mm. but it's definitely got to be tapered to what I need. Yeah, not, yeah. it is. Not yeah. free counselling.
1: I didn't. I didn't want the counselling because I knew that the only way i was going to feel in slightest bit better is if suddenly they miraculously make my husband come back to life yes, and that's the saying, only way that I was. so there's no point and you're in joking coming. they
0: didn't no
1: no no you are joking nothing nothing do. Nothing no so but i went but re- more recently i think probably a year or so ago probably about yeah that i went to the and they um the doctors i've reduced
0: my antidepressants on your own without no, I'm I've doing it on my own. Yeah. I'm just going to stop this one and start okay. next. So I've decided to come off of antidepressants because my doctor hasn't even spoken to me or asked me anything about mm. the fact she's put me on these Now I'm on 100 milligram. She she put me on 50 initially, and then I've upped them to 100 anyway. Right. And, yeah, I'm kind of like, meh, yeah. I don't want to be. I, I did think it was numbing me. Yeah. And I, all these people that say, you're so strong, Joe on fucking antidepressants—it yeah. gives me wings, <laughs> makes me fly. Yeah. And actually, yeah. if I don't go through yeah. those motions of grief, yeah. how am I ever going to get through this? I think because it's just going to come back and bite me on the ass, yeah. isn't it?
1: But I think what antidepressants do is that they allow your brain to sort of slow it down and to, and to process the the enormous number Damage. of things that yeah. need to be processed in your head it processes it allows it to process it at a better rate okay if you haven't got them i think there's just too much to do and head headaches things, yes like, but yeah. i think with those but as your head begins to process stuff and it does take i would say i was three years in before i actually accepted that he's gone okay. that he is dead and that he isn't coming back. And I haven't got to text him to tell him this, I that, and the other. And that's I, really I want to tell, I want to text him. And he's not going to ring me to check that I got home okay. And that took about three years, I would say. So it takes that long for you to start to accept that. Because it's taken that long for your brain to process it. But mm-hmm. I think
0: that's with the help of antidepressants. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm but, not knocking them. No, I just know no. there's other things in my body yeah. that I kind of know it's numbing. Yeah. And... And I'm kind of going, you know, I'm, yeah, I definitely need to come off of these drugs to feel again. Yes. Because there's a certain amount of it, while it's giving you the equilibrium to be Mm. okay, you're not processing the grief, Mm. you're not feeling. No. So these deep grief patches that I'm going through because I'm coming off them at the moment, it's definitely, I have to embrace it, right? Yes. Yes
1: yes because your brain po- so if you if you're quivering sobbing mess and you just don't want to go on that is your brain processing it so. i
0: mean louise would say you know that recently i think the, the malvern weekend i was like i was a complete mess i didn't act like it i pretended i was okay but actually i was yeah. a complete mess and um it was i'd given up smoking i'd taken a mind-altering drug to do that mm-hmm. i'm coming off my antidepressants and she reminds me all the time she's like have you realized how much you're doing to your body and you're grieving i was like No, because that's just... And I'm cycling like a mad woman that's never done it before in my life, you know. And I'm just like, I just need to do everything that I can because life's short, right? It is, and you do.
1: And sometimes you need to remind yourself as well that don't think about the times that you've sort of fallen down. Remind yourself of the number of times you've, you've... Picked yourself up and done it, it's and that's you you it. yeah, absolutely. And so, and that kind of helped me. And yeah, I did go and have counseling, which wasn't particularly helpful. She was a bit of a head tilter, nodder type woman that just sort of understood and told me that yes, you're not going crazy, it's called grief. And I thought, well, that's
0: yeah. reassuring you. Yeah, 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 no, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. actually, yeah. you just said that like mm. you're, you're my counselor, and you just said, wait, well, it's just grief. I'm here because of grief. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to tell me how to navigate <laughs> yeah. my but journey yeah. through grief. Yeah
1: okay at least I didn't get but to be honest I and I have considered since being off antidepressants. perhaps I need to go back on them but then I would sort of get a bit of a sort of thing and I say no that's just again that's part of your brain mm. processing it and you don't need the antipressants, you just need to like you said embrace I'm
0: it trying, embrace yeah. those
1: feelings
0: because I'm almost off them is, now I've been doing yeah. every other day for about two and a half weeks and I know that's the way to do it but mm. as for telling my doctor why she hasn't asked me anything really. I'm like, nah, nah. I can do this because I know best, right? I'm Jan. Jan. I think I
1: did. <laughs> Looking back, I think I did go through a stage of just having one every other day rather than every day. So. To see him.
0: but yeah. I've had those lows. Yeah. I've literally gone, "Wow, yeah. oh, is this antidepressants? Is this me coming off them?" And it's like, it's fine <laughs> yeah. because I've got to process. And it. I
1: think it is quite hard when you do come off them. You
0: do have to face it. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. you're like, yeah. "Shit, I've had yeah. a year yeah. and a bit of not having to face it. Yeah. I'm stopping." Sonic, six years on. Where are you heading now? Apart from the fact, I don't think you're sitting there waiting for Ian to walk in the door, right? Right.
1: Are you? Absolutely not. No, okay. I think, as i said, I think you talk about three years that, not that you would really expect him to, but you still have those thoughts of, oh, I've had to text him to tell him I'm okay. And
0: they, and they really hurt still... me. They yes. really hurt me. And they, they are really hurt. Really... A punch in it, the it heart. It is a real
1: punch in the heart.
0: When you it suddenly is. go do you want to know something i do that's really funny or i have done a a few times is i kept howard's phone um on a pay as you go sim card and to keep that sim card i have to text from his phone to my phone to keep it live and i text it in one hand and do you know what it does to my heart when i see it absolutely and i I go but i go like that and go I know i just did that yeah. why do i actually fucking think it's him i'm being serious it's okay. absolutely uh, ludicrous because it's like truth. how did my brain not tell me i anyway so yeah no
1: it is and I think you just take like, that just that's just that's a case of time to go on but now yeah i've carved out a new sort of life i have yeah. moved into a different house that's all mine. It wouldn't be Ian's taste at all. Oh, okay. I've got yeah. a different job that I had when I was with Ian because I packed that in because I realised I didn't enjoy it and life's too short. So, yeah, I have a completely different life and it is a completely new normal to me. But, yeah, as far as I go now, I think i got, to, I wanted to get to the point that I was happy on my own well done. so that should i enter another relationship which i have to admit that i would like
0: good okay okay good question yeah that'll be for the next time we talk okay about dating but stuff.
1: i know that i needed to be at the point that i am happy being on, on your my own. own so that when that relationship all goes tits up that i also am not, okay i i can remind myself You've been on your own for six years, and you okay. you lived, yeah. and you were okay, so you can do it again, and if it's another six and you years. And And that's it, exactly. So, it's um, it's something that, yeah, I would probably, I would want, yeah. but only with the right person.
0: Yeah, you're not going to compromise. I'm not I compr- mean, right. did redders leave big shoes to fill? Yeah. <laughs> we do, do That's we... the trouble. I, I He set You've got off. such <laughs> high expectations, and you're a bit like... Oh, and you've spent so long getting to know your person yeah, yeah. that suddenly you think about dating someone, and you're like, scary, scary. Yeah, I think we need to. This is a whole new podcast. It is. <laughs> Dates, widowhood, dating—that's a whole new one. Yeah, yeah these set the
1: bar very high. So yeah, same,
0: same. So, I did too. It is, do you ever think about us when we talk about, I feel like I know Ian, but yes, do you feel yes. like you know how you know, oh, God, yeah. and I kind of, you know, I think it was Susanna recently, one of our other wids, and she talked about how, I think she called it um day. Do you think there's a dead and young in <laughs> and I love the fact oh that God. all of our partners are up there in yes. day dead and young and they're up there looking down on us and how we're grieving did you not oh, think that's a great concept that's brilliant I know and I that's said, another, another podcast <laughs> day oh my goodness I know that's that is great. amazing is concept great. and she yeah. was like you know yeah and even another widow a friend of my Mike he said to me the other day I really wish I could talk to Howie yeah I really wish I could have a yeah. chat and it's like but just hearing somebody say yeah, that yeah. about my husband and he never met and we've met him, and it's like that means more to me than anything yeah. that he's heard what I'm saying about my yeah. husband. I hear yeah. about Ian, you know yeah. Terry,
1: yeah. Lino. Well, that's it. But well, we love of, we yes. love to talk about our partners, and I think that's one of the things that I would like to say to anybody who's who's dealing with a grief person,
0: grieved. Believed person. Talk about the Believed dead person. person. Talk about they them. They did exist. Yes. Don't brush them under them. a carpet. No. Yeah, I agree, Nick. I, totally I love agree. talking about Ian. So so do I. Because Howard was amazing. Yeah, he was. And he lived yeah. big time. So did Howard <laughs> milked every second as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So talk about them. So we've got another fifty seconds left before this one goes off. I am going to try and do my podcast on a longer journey. Mike will help me, no doubt. Thank you very much, Mr. Etherington. Anyway, so I'm going to leave it here, but I really, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Nikki, You're for welcome. talking to me. I love talking about Ian. So, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Ian Redders. Okay, thank you, darling. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening. And anyway, this is um, number two podcast from the Cozy Coffin Company. Bye for now.